Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss an outstanding NBA slate for this evening. It's an 11-game slate, and we're going to be covering every single game here at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, as you can notice, back here with my buddy and friend, Dirk, and today happens to be Dirk's jersey retirement for the Dallas Mavericks. They're playing at home against the Golden State Warriors, and they will raise that number 41 up into the rafters. So congratulations, Dirk. And it's also great to be back here in Texas with my normal setup. And uh, hope everyone enjoys uh, the podcast. All right, again, we don't want to waste a lot of time. We've got 11 big games to cover. For our members, we're going to be uh, doing two different sets of lineups. Uh, we're going to do the full NBA slate that locks at 7 o'clock. And again, that's 11 games. And then we're doing the after-hour slate, which is a three-gamer for all three 10 o'clock games uh, Eastern tonight. So that's something to look forward to. If you want to join in on the fun, you can go to dfscoachtalk.com. There are several different options to sign up uh, for for membership. If you want to just try us out, see what we're all about, certainly jump in on that $10 three-day membership. That will, is a great day. Uh, Wednesdays are an awesome day to sign up because you get uh, Wednesday. Uh, today, we're getting NBA throughout the rest of the week. And also, uh, PGA. How about that? PGA starting off. Uh, with the big uh, champions, all the champions from last year uh, playing in Kapalua. So uh, check that podcast out this afternoon. Andrew and I will be uh, doing the PGA podcast. All right. Uh, shout out also to Andrew uh, yesterday. He handles the NBA for us on Tuesdays, and he had a very strong night on DraftKings specifically. Uh, really good clipboard with a lot of winners. And it was awesome to see all the members posting uh, those from there. So a uh, really great job. Tonight, we're going to try to follow up with one of our big takedown lineups. And we're going to go after it here. Uh, as we always recommend here at Coach Talk, uh, you know, get those contests reserved in whatever sports you're going to play, basketball, golf today. Uh, get those set and then check out our podcasts. That's where you can develop a, a decent lineup there. And then check in in our Discord because that's where all the action happens. It has been just really busy lately with, especially in the NBA with all the COVID protocols, people in, people out. It's, you know, those 10-day emergency con, uh, contract guys. Now they have COVID protocol stuff. It's like a really whirling dervish. And uh, the only way to keep up with it and stay above it is to stay on it. And we do 24-7 here at Coach Talk, and we share that information throughout <clears throat> the day and night in Discord. Um, and, you know, it's it gets hectic, so we want to follow that all the way through to lock, <clears throat> excuse me, and then after lock as well. All right, my friends, what do you say we hit this? There are three 7 o'clock games, and that's where we're going to start the fun. The first one is the Houston Rockets and the Washington Wizards. Washington is favored by seven. It's a 225 total. 
109 implied for Houston, 116 for the Washington Wizards. Houston comes in at 10 and 28. Wizards come in at 19 and 18. As far as designations in this game, Giroux is probable. The guys that are out for Houston, Brooks, Garuba, Jangoon, and Wall. For Washington, these are the guys that are out. It's Bryant, Dinwiddie, Gil, Hashimura, Harrell, Holiday, Wanamaker, and Waters. So still several guys out uh, here for both squads. Uh, statistically, Houston is second in pace, so outstanding pace-up game for Washington. Washington, however, is 26th in pace, which makes it obviously a big pace-down game for the Rockets. Defensively, Houston dead last, 30th. So that's another reason to love Wizards tonight. Uh, anybody that plays Houston right now, it's it's a great you know way to stack up team guys because. You know, being second fastest pace and worst defense, great combination. Washington, on the other hand, uh, defensively has continued to slide. They're all the way down to 23. So you got a good night, uh, solid 225 over under in this first game and definitely some interest uh, around some of these guys. As far as uh, what we're looking at initially here on Houston, you know, you have a, a pretty cheap starting backcourt with Porter Jr. and Green. They're 6'6 and 5'3", respectively. Uh, you can take a look at those guys for sure. Uh, Christian Wood coming back from that suspension game. Hopefully he'll be at full throttle here. He's only 6'2", so his price has plummeted uh, and certainly extremely uh, you know, uh, value there at 6200 I think that's his lowest price of the year. Uh, after that, you've got a ton of bench guys. Nobody on, you know, a, an eleven-game slate uh, that I feel is worth bringing up here. On the Washington side, looks like we're going to get some Raul Neto at point guard, uh, which immediately brings him into play at a super cheap three point three. Uh, certainly like him as an ultra value play today. Bradley Beal's up to ten five, which is a big number. Uh, but he's got to at least take, you got to take a look at him uh, with this perfect game situation. Uh, after that, we've got um, a couple of things. Kyle Kuzma at 7-7, Daniel Gafford at 6-4. Those two are both uh, have been hot and really very playable. I mean, Gafford's been consistently good because uh, he's getting those extra minutes since Harrell has been on COVID protocol. So definitely going to have some exposure in, in game one here. I think it's a, a really good way to kick off a, a great slate. All right, game two, as we said, another 7 o'clock game. Uh, 15 points lower on the over-under in this one. Um, it's Philadelphia minus eight against the Orlando Magic. 210.5 total, 109.25 implied for Philly, 101.25 for the Orlando Magic. Philly comes in at 20 and 16, Orlando at 7 and 31. We already know who's out for Philly at this point. Maxi, Milton, Powell, Reed, Simmons, Springer, Springer, and Thibel. So a lot of guards out for Philly, especially. 
couple of questionable designations uh, for Orlando, Cole Anthony and Mo Wagner. And then guys that we know are out, MCW, Fultz, Isaac, Robin Lopez, Moore, and Suggs. So uh, definitely still banged up on their side of the ball uh, as well. Philadelphia is 29th in pace, second slowest team in the league. Orlando right in the middle of the pack at 15th. Defensively, below average. Philly's only 17th. They have not made that defensive move we were expecting uh, now that Embiid has played on a consistent level. Uh, Orlando is 25th. So nothing to write home about defensively for either squad. Uh, the big question with Philly, with all the guards out, where are all the minutes going to go? Right now, it looks like a lot of it's going to go to Seth Curry at 5'8", Furkan Korkmaz, who blew up the slate last time at 4'7", and Danny Green at 4'2". Uh, you can also look at possibly an Isaiah Joe at 3'2". So they're going to be digging a little deep for the, the guard positions with Philly. They do have the two studs at the bigs, Tobias Harris at 8", Joel Embiid at a big 11-2, pretty big number there. Uh, you know, that he has been killing it, but that is a bit of a tough number. Uh, the, you know, the backup bigs not seeing the punch that they had when some of these guys were out earlier. Uh, and the prices are starting to get a little better. Drummond's down to 5-2. Uh, George's Niang down to 3-3. Three, three. So uh, some exposure, nothing I'm diving on, but I would like to take advantage of one of those guards, probably Cork Maz, but I hate chasing points, uh, but he is in a good spot here for sure. On the Orlando side, it's very simple. If Cole Anthony plays, he is 8-1. Uh, if he plays with no restrictions, he's in play for me. If he's going to be restricted, of course, we'll get him out of there. When 22 teams are playing, you have to get full tilt with every player that you're putting in. Uh, Gary Harris at 5K, not that great. Franz Wagner, though, he's down to 6'4", and that's reasonable. He was really climbing in cost. Uh, the pricing has really shifted a lot today on DraftKings specifically, and it does bring other guys into play. So Franz Wagner at 6'4", and Wendell Carter Jr. at 7'6". Those are the two focal points for me uh, in this game. Mo Bamba at 5'7", pretty cheap center, but he's got to go against uh, Embiid, so a little bit tougher there for him. Uh, off the bench, really, Terrence Ross has been consistent at 4'9", but I don't know. You know, you don't really have to play anybody off the bench uh, unless you think they're going to come in and play, you know, mid-30s minutes. Uh, Ross could get 30. It's possible, but if you, you know, get the game where he only has 24 – uh, then you're sunk. So probably not going to have to go uh, that deep uh, with this many options and this much value. All right, game three, the last seven o'clock game. It's the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets. Um, we have our first back-to-backer here, Detroit on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. Still an island game for Charlotte. All the games, uh, the first two games, everybody was on an island game. And so uh, this spread here, Big number. It's Charlotte minus nine and a half. 228 is the total. Uh, 109.25 uh, implied for Detroit. 118.75 for Charlotte, which is really a big number. Detroit comes in at seven and 28. Charlotte at 19 and 19. 
the guys out for Detroit, Grant, Jackson, Joseph, Livers, Olenek, and Stewart. So some key guys there. Charlotte, like 100% healthy almost. They have two probable guys uh, in Lewis and then P.J. Washington, who's a rotational player for them. The only guy out is Carey. So Charlotte is really sitting pretty here as far as avoiding this uh, phase of COVID. As far as the statistical look here, we've got uh, eighth in pace for Detroit, first in pace for Charlotte. So combo of two teams in the top eight in pace, certainly a big reason why that 228 number is there and a big reason why it's a good spot to go uh, for ownership. On top of that, you've got a combination of two poor defenses, 22nd for Detroit, 28th for Charlotte. So this game screams ownership. Uh, prices are very fair here. And this is the game I'll probably have uh, the most players from. I'm not stacking 3-2 or anything on this kind of a slate, but 2-1 is possibly here. Uh, and there's just a lot of great options. If you look at uh, the Detroit side, Killian Hayes is only 3-2. Cunningham is 8-2, but maybe well worth it. Diallo at 8-3 has had some fantastic games recently. Same thing with Sadiq Bay at 8-3. So, yeah, you know, Cunningham, Diallo, and Bay, their prices are up, but they've been playing to those prices. Uh, value play is Trey Lyles at 4-7. He's been getting the, the spot at big man, backed up by Garza, who's a little too high at 4-9. And then you've got several bench players there uh, as well. Definitely want to try to one-off somebody here on this Detroit side. I think it's necessary. Uh, and picking the right guy is the key. Uh, right now, I'm leaning a bit towards Diallo, believe it or not. Uh, even though Cunningham's $100 cheaper. Uh, I think Cunningham probably gets Terry Rozier defense. And, you know, that's sort of the differentiator. But either guy is definitely playable. Um, probably not going to go Sadiq Bay of the three because he, I believe he'll get Miles Bridges defense, which I really respect as well. Um, all right. For the, the Charlotte side, LaMelo Ball's a big uh, price at 9 6, uh, but, you know, great spot. Terry Rozier at 6'9", Gordon Hayward at 6'4", Miles Bridges at 7'1". All three of those guys in play here. Uh, Want to make sure we're going to get full minutes from Bridges. Hayward's been a little bit up and down, so maybe more of a GPP play. Um, but definitely exposure. There's nobody on either side that I say, okay, this guy's a slam dunk. But there's five or six players in this game uh, I think can, can really have an impact. The only other issue with Charlotte is they're all healthy. So you've got P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre, Cody Martin, and Jalen McDaniels and Ish Smith, really. Those guys have all contributed greatly when some of these Hornets are out. So they're probably going to go 10 deep, and that could sting a little bit if you lose a stretch of run there. Uh, but at 118.75 implied, uh, I think, Really, you know, you have to have some exposure. All right, we move on to the 7.30 games. There's also three of those. We've got the first one being San Antonio and Boston. Um, it is a 
a second night of a back-to-back for the Spurs. So you got, you know, the ability to be popped here for sure with Popovich uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. And Boston's on the first night of a back-to-back. So that adds a little bit of uh, flavor into this one. Boston's favored by seven and a half. It's a 221 and a half total. Uh, 107 for the Spurs, 114 and a half for the Boston Celtics. Uh, San Antonio comes in at 14 and 22, Boston at 18 and 19. DeJounte Murray is probable, so I'm counting him as in as of right now. That's a huge, huge news for the Spurs. The guys that are out for the Spurs, Kaycock, Collins, McDermott, and Walker. For Boston, Robert Williams is probable, so we should get him back, as well as Jabari Parker. The question marks are Romeo Langford, Langford and Aaron Naismith. Uh, Thomas is out. Broderick Thomas for Boston out. All right, interesting game here, and one good one to talk about. You've got a big price on DeJounte Murray at 9-8. Um, Marcus Smart defense. A uh, little bit tough there. You know, you've got the tough part here is you've got pace of San Antonio third, which is amazing. So it is a pace up for Boston, but it's a big pace down uh, for San Antonio because Boston's 21st. Defensively, San Antonio 18th. Boston is a top eight defensive team coming in at eighth. So not, I just don't think DeJounte is the perfect spot here at that big 9-8 number. Derek White at 7-2, he could get your 15 or 65. I mean, Derek White is all over the board. It is the second night of a back-to-back, so I'm not going to invest a lot uh, in Derek White. Other possibilities here, you know, you've got Keldon Johnson at 6-1, Devin Vassell 4-3, Jakob Pertle at 6-3. Uh, if Kata Bates Jobs going to play, he's 3-8. He may start. We'll see. And uh, now that Murray's back, that knocks Trey Jones sort of out of the picture. So nobody I'm racing to on San Antonio, especially in a back-to-back situation. On the Boston side, it's a little bit different. I think you have some good options here. Uh, Marcus Smart at 6-3, I think you, know, you can consider, but you're going to have the combination of Brown and Tatum back. So, you know, to me, they eliminate each other when they're both playing because they're 9-7 and 10-3, Brown and Tatum, respect uh, respectfully. But uh, that's tough numbers on this big of a slate when they're going to be now sharing the ball. Same thing priced up for Boston, 7-4 for Horford, 7-2 for Williams, Schroeder at 5-8 off the bench. So, there's no, you know, uh, salary values that I can see in this game. I think it, it does have potential uh, to be a good game, but I don't know if I'm willing to take the risk here. So very reluctantly, at least at this point in the day, uh, this game may end up, even though it's a solid 221 and a half, it may end up a pass game for me. All right, we go on a game uh, second game at 7.30, it's the Brooklyn Nets, seven and a half point favorite over the Indiana Pacers, 2.22 and a half total, 115 for Brooklyn, 107.5 for the Indiana Pacers. Brooklyn comes in at 23 and 12, the Pacers at 14 
and 24. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, the big question mark here, he is questionable just as is. So if he's in, uh, probably knocks Claxton out. If Aldridge is out again, then Claxton becomes a nice play. Joe Harris remains out, by the way, for Brooklyn. Other than that, they're completely healthy. Indiana has the question mark. It seems like Malcolm Brogdon has been questionable all year. He's questionable again, and it's always extremely important news because it shuffles the deck. Uh, it's also a second night of a back-to-back for Indiana. Brogdon did not play yes yesterday, so even though Brogdon's listed as questionable as of now, I have him penciled in as a play. Um, so we'll see how that news pans out as the day goes on. Uh, we've got Dwayne Washington as uh, a possible starter here too. So that's going to be very interesting uh, to see if people are going to go back to him after uh, he played pretty solid yesterday. Uh, decently. He got minutes. Let's put it that way. Um, as far as the injuries on Indiana, you've got Duarte and Jackson, probable. Questionable, again, Brogdon, Craig, and Lamb. Guys that are already ruled out are Batazzi, Lavert, Martin, McConnell, and Warren. So definitely a little bit of a different twist here uh, for the Pacers without question. Um, as I mentioned, I'll go right back to Indiana. Uh, Sykes, Kiefer Sykes was the best play as the value guys yesterday. He's only 3-3. He definitely outperformed Dwayne Washington at 3-8. Uh, the big question is if Brogdon's back, uh, those guys are both going to get feel some of that pinch. Uh, the question is which one is going to feel it worse, uh, Sykes or Washington. So they're both, uh, you know, playable value plays at 3-3 and 3-8. But if Brogdon comes back, they're simply just off of my list. I am not going to risk uh, a few minutes for a guy on a slate like this. Justin Holiday at 4'8", very volatile, up and down. He's burned us some. He's been a hero some. So, you know, that's a, a tough call on that side with Justin uh, Holiday, And he may get DeAndre Bembry defense, which is above average. Uh, you know, so that that's a concern. And Bruce Brown coming off the bench as well defensively. So Justin probably not going to make my list today, but he is cheap at 4-8. Uh, do you want to go big? That's the big call here. Sabonis at 9-9, Turner at 7K. A little high on Sabonis. Uh, you know, Turner a little bit better looking at the 7K number. Um, other than that, the bench guys are all decent with, you know, Brissett and, and even Stevenson, but don't feel we need to go there on this big of a slate. The big news is Kyrie Irving coming back. I mean, seriously, is this what we need right now in the midst of all of this other confusion? So we've got Kyrie Irving in there. What impact? How many minutes? Listen, he's 8-9. You can't touch him in game one back. I, I just don't anticipate he gets full run. Uh, I'm a full pass on Kyrie. But it does jack up some of these other guys. You know, I've... Harden's 11-1 and Durant's 10-8. So you've got two fantastic options there, but they're both very expensive. So you could go with one or the other. But, you know, the problem is you have Kyrie back in the mix. And, you know, the thing is, statistically, it makes you want to go there for a couple of reasons, and mainly Indiana's lack of 
strong defense. Uh, in this game, by the way, Brooklyn is fifth in pace. And so it's a pace up for Indiana, but not for Brooklyn. It, uh, Indiana's sitting at 24th. They're playing half-court ball for the most part. Uh, defensive efficiency-wise, Brooklyn's all the way up to fifth there as well. So they're really playing some good ball. Indiana's 21st. So, yes, the defense is poor. Uh, do you want to pay up for Harden or Durant? You know, under the circumstances of now adding the caveat of Irving being back, really tough call. Um, you know, I think there's potential uh, for me at least to to roster either Harden or Durant, but there's no way I can pull that trigger. I want to hear, I'm listening in for all the coach speak and beat writer info on exactly what the expectations are uh, for Kyrie today. So, We'll see. We're going to follow that. It does bump probably Patty Mills to the bench, who's been terrific. Um, really, the only guy I'm you know, really interested in here is if LMA sits, I think Nick Claxton at 5.1 is a fine play. He gets you stocks, and at that cheap price, he's a nice pay-down center. But that is off the board if LaMarcus plays. So a lot of news still to figure out on the Brooklyn side. Indiana, um, obviously, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on on Brogdon, and we'll see if we want to dial up either the value play of Sykes or Washington. Uh, as I men mentioned, not not going the whole day direction. So fun game, uh, a lot to figure out there. Uh, could be a key to the slate determining the right uh, spot, uh, you know, box to check in that game. All right, the 7.30, the third 7.30 game, it's the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Big cheers for Mr. Dirk Nowitzki, one of the best players I've ever seen play in person uh, and an enjoyable player to watch and even a better human being. One, I think he's the nicest player, NBA player I've ever met and uh, true in the background too, just constantly doing things. So big shout out. And if you have a chance to catch the highlights of them retiring his number, I mean, 21 years with the Mavs. How is that even possible? But uh, fantastic player, fantastic human being, and uh, excited about that. So is Dallas going to rally with that? I think so. I think it's a fun game to rally to. But they have to play the best defensive team in the stinking league in Golden State. So this is going to be a fun one. It's uh, – Golden State minus six and a half, 213 is the total, 109.75 Golden State, only 103.25 for Dallas. So it does temper my excitement for this game when you see those numbers are a little rough. Golden State's an awesome 29 and seven. Dallas is above 500 again, 19 and 18, scrapping and fighting uh, to, for a playoff spot. Um, as far as designations here, you've got Iguodala questionable. Thompson and Wiseman are out for Dallas. Burke is questionable. The guys that are out are Cauley-Stein, Marinovich, Porzingis, and Isaiah Thomas. It's still weird to say Isaiah Thomas on the Mavs. So, you know, you've got, other than Porzingis as a key player, every all the other uh, main guys are lacing them up. Um, statistically speaking, We've got Golden State uh, 13th in pace. It's the first night of a back-to-back -back for Golden State. 
uh, on the road. So we may see a slight reduction for Curry or Draymond uh, in minutes, enough to move the needle a slight bit. Uh, Dallas is the slowest team in the league. That's the other part of this game that's concerning. Uh, they're definitely going to try to slow down uh, Golden State and Curry's uh, quick pace. Uh, as far as defensive efficiency, Golden State, as I mentioned, best in the league. And Dallas is up to 10th. So this really, you know, numbers-wise, matchup-wise, everything else, really doesn't show to be a good game to be heavy rostered on players. I know that with Curry at 10-9 and Luka at 10-6, very tempting. I'm not going to go there just because of the rest of the game set. Now, if you like the narrative that the Mavs are going to be all keyed up, the place is going to be going absolutely bonkers. You cannot get a ticket uh, for that uh, game at all. I mean, it's it's crazy. Nosebleed seats are like 800 bucks. So, yeah, the crowd's going to be feeding into it. Is that going to motivate the, the Mavericks a little extra? There's no question about it. And it is tempting to want to take Luca. I know it. But with Gary Payton probably guarding him, and, and he is the, the, the mitt, not the glove, but uh, the mitten, I guess. And he, he is a good defender. Wiggins is a good defender. Golden State's such a great defensive team with Draymond in there. So I just, I don't, as much as I want to pull the trigger on a 10-6 Luka, uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Brunson at 7-4, he becomes possible. After that, it's just a crapshoot. I'm not going to play Finney Smith, Kleba, Powell, Hardaway, Bullock, Green, Chris, Brown. You know, all those guys are getting minutes. Impossible to play. On the Golden State side, if if we want to have some exposure here, Peyton at 4-7 could get a little extra run because of the defensive prowess. Same thing with Wiggins at 6-8. And Draymond at 7-2. Uh, you know, we like to try to attack the inside, uh, you know, by the uh, against the, the Mavericks. So Green at 7-2, playable. Not quite strong enough on Kevon Looney at 3-9 to, to dial that up. So as much as I hate to say it, I am not going to have a ton of exposure to this game. I certainly will be watching it uh, and maybe get a value guy somewhere along the lines. All right. As we're getting to the mid part of this, we've got five down and five to go. Uh, no, six down and five to go, 11 games. Uh, real quickly, if you want to become part of uh, Coach Talk, we would love to have you. We have the very best community. We listen to our members. We answer all the questions. We adjust everything that we need to. Uh, we're just constantly working to get better and better every day. And we hand build our lineups. We use everything to our disposal from projections, ownership, uh, you know, DFS uh, points projections, crunchers, uh, all the analytics uh, that, that we need to utilize to create the best lineups. But we don't just spit them into a cruncher and put out our optimal lineups. We work with them and develop them by hand, put out a couple of lineups every night and attack it realistically. We use the coach talk process, which really is at the foundation, has to do with bankroll management and contest selection. Once you master those two things, then putting the players in the right spots becomes a lot easier. So we're looking for long-term sustainable growth to your bankroll 
in DFS. And that's what we're all about here. So if you want to check that out, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can try us even for as little as a three-day $10 pass. We do have some, some new uh, membership uh, opportunities coming out here uh, soon that will be in, uh, more uh, really good deals and things to get involved with this. So keep an eye on that. Listen to the podcasts and check out our website for any of those announcements. We'll also be on Twitter uh, with all the information. We're at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And if you're uh, if you happen to be watching on YouTube, quick thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and give us uh, just a couple of words. Enjoy the pod, or if you have a quick question, the combination of hitting the thumbs up, the su- subscribe, and putting a note in there really helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube, and we really appreciate that. We do these podcasts in front of the paywall. We're doing seven days a week for the NBA. We have our weekly PGA podcast that posts this afternoon and three NFL podcasts that post throughout the week as well. So we do all of that in front of uh, the paywall. And all we're asking, if you watch on YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe, put a, a, a word or two in there. If you're listening on any of our audio podcast landing sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, all the different spots you can uh, listen to podcasts. Uh, Just take a second there. Give us a five-star rating. Quick comment. If you do that, you're in a contest that we pick at the end of each month for a five-day, no, I'm sorry, a full week membership. We up that, so it's a full week all-access membership to Coach Talk. Also, keep an eye on Twitter today. Uh, because we have a couple of contests specific to today. We're going to be doing, uh, if you like and retweet our podcast for NBA, we're going to do a drawing at the end of the day for a three-day membership. And if you like and retweet our PGA podcast this afternoon, same thing. You're going to get a three-day full-access membership to Coach Talk. So keep an eye on those. All right, let's hit these last five games. Two eight o'clock and three ten o'clock. So a full house of games here uh, to finish out this awesome slate. Eight o'clock, Oklahoma City, Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota minus eight. It is a 214 and a half total. 103.25 for Oklahoma City, 111.25 for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Coming into the game, Oklahoma City is 13 and 23. Minnesota 17 and 20. Uh, injuries, we'd have two guys out for Oklahoma, Dort and JRE. Both of those guys are out. Bunch of questionable uh, importance here, actually two of them, but they seem like more because they're so important for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that's D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. So before you can determine anything on this game, we need the news on those two guys. Um, the only guy that's out is McKinley Wright for Minnesota. So once we get that news, that is going to be a huge help uh, to building uh, some good plays from this game. Uh, Pace-wise, Oklahoma City is 17th, Minnesota is 6th, and then defensively, two mid-level, 16th for Oklahoma, 14th for Minnesota. So a very interesting game here. Uh, If SGA is back, he's 8-8, 
which makes him playable. He will get some Patrick Beverly defense, which can be a very uh, big irritation. But uh, but Shea at eight eight certainly a, a weapon. Uh, Aaron Wiggins has been playing decent minutes and scoring at four two. He's in play. Josh Giddy came off a really good game at seven nine. Don't know if I want to pay up that much. He usually gets his big numbers uh, when Shea is sitting out. He's almost now an auto play for me with SGA sitting, but SGA is back. Uh, after that, uh, just not strong enough all the way up and down this lineup to recommend anybody at all. On uh, the Minnesota side, again, we need the news. You know, if if Cat sits at 10-4, Nas Reed becomes a great play at 5-3. Um, you know, if, if, uh, D'Angelo Russell sits, then you can look at Carl, uh, Anthony Edwards at seven, nine or Malik Beasley at five, eight. Um, but it all has to do with who sits and who plays. I do like Jared Vanderbilt at a flat five K he has been solid. He is splitting minutes with four, eight Jaden McDaniels, but Vanderbilt, uh, really gets you some stocks and is a nice value play, especially if, if Minnesota ends up shorthanded uh, and Russell and Towns don't play. So we'll keep uh, the, our eyes on that game. That is definitely news dependent on the Minnesota side on those two key players. All right, the other 8 o'clock game is the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee's favored by 7.5. It's a 225.5 total, great number there. Um, Toronto 109, Milwaukee 116 and a half. Toronto comes in at 17 and 17. They have snuck back to 500. Nick Nurse is a magician as a coach, man. He does it with all kinds of guys coming in and out of his lineup, and he's got them in the thick of it. Milwaukee 25 and 14, uh, really been solid in the East here uh, with the majority of their guys being back. We do have some, uh, you know, designations here to discuss, though. Uh, we've got a doubtful tag uh, for David Johnson. Then the three guys that are out are Dragic, McKayluk, and uh, Watanabe. And then for Milwaukee, we have three questionables. Uh, Thanasis, uh, Nawara, and Ojale. So, Interesting to see what the situation, all bench guys, but still need to know because the guys that are out are normally key guys, Allen, Connington, DiVincenzo, and Lopez. So, you know, if they don't have Noara, Ojale, and, and Thanasis, definitely a little thinner uh, for Milwaukee, although they have most of their key guys uh, in there. As far as, uh, you know, how this game looks statistically, which is a little surprising here, you've got the second night of a back-to-back for Toronto. So that is difficult, especially having to play at Milwaukee, second night of a back-to-back. Milwaukee's on an island game. 23rd in pace for Toronto. Milwaukee is ninth. So a good pace up game for Toronto. Defensively, Toronto's only 20th. Milwaukee also ninth, so they're top 10 in both. So uh, definitely uh, gives you a few guys you want to look at. Fred Van Vliet at 9-5, coming off a really good game last night. Now he has to play back-to-back against Drew Holiday. Probably not going to go there. Gary Trent at 6-1, reasonable. 
OG Ananobi, we need to see, make sure that he's got full minutes and not having, you know, any drawback there, but he's 7-4. Scotty Barnes isn't quite right yet. I'm not going there at 8K. Uh, I do think Siakam is tough. Uh, he's 9-1, though, and he's got that interior defense from Giannis and Portis, so I'm not crazy about him either. Uh, as far as the bench goes, a lot of moving parts here, none that I really trust enough uh, to push that button. On the Milwaukee side, you know, Drew Holiday at 8-2 is a pretty big number, uh, but he definitely has the potential to get there, especially a game that should stay at least within reason, you know, with the spread only being seven and a half. Uh, not interested in Wesley Matthews, even though it looks like he's starting at 3-1. Chris Middleton, a good play at 7-3. He's always at that mid-level price, always a possibility. Um, Giannis, I have not gone to Giannis in like a month, um, but he's 11-6, which really stings. But I like him here. I like the fact that uh, they don't play good defense. You know, the only problem is their pace isn't terrific. But he is on the short list, Giannis, as one of my pay-up options, um, especially with the mess in Brooklyn with Irving back and then Harden and Durant being so expensive. So Giannis is on my radar at 11-6. I also like Bobby Portis. He's at 6-4 which is a little bit more reasonable pricing. He had jumped up a little bit. Uh, I think he got all the way to 8-1 at, at one point this past week. So, uh, you know, Holiday Portis, maybe Giannis, you know, there's going to be some combination. Not going to load up there, but certainly going to have some guys uh, that I'm looking at. I wouldn't mind an OG Ananobi, but I just don't know if he's at 100% go or not. So we're going to work on that and post that in Discord. All right, we're down to the three 10 o'clock games, which again, we're going to be providing an after-hour slate for our members. We'll have a five-man DraftKings core slate for that late three-gamer. We'll have a uh, FanDuel and Yahoo will provide one lineup for each uh, for the short slate here of three games after hours that you can play in uh, cash uh, or as a hybrid or in your GPPs. All right. The, the first 10 o'clock game is the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. Utah favored by four and a half. It's a 222 total. Uh, 113.25 for Utah, 108.75 for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Utah comes in 27 and 10. Excellent ball. Nuggets have also scratched to above 500 at 18 and 17. Lots of designations here. We've got Donovan Mitchell, probable. I'm counting him as in. Then we have some important uh, questionables. Bogdanovich, O'Neal, and Gobert, three of their starting five. Bing, bing, bing. Also Whiteside, the backup center, questionable. So we could have some serious uh, consequences in this game if uh, both bigs are out or just one of the bigs. So that is going to be a huge piece of news that is going to be ultra important. And it's a 10 o'clock game. So make your lineups with the most possibility that you can do late swap, put them in the, the best spot where you have another backup plan. We do have 16 at 10 o'clock. So work, you know, if you want to take a chance on one of them, be ready. 
million comments. Let that intimidate you. Stuck with somebody. So we're going to follow that news closely. We'll be providing it in Discord. Also for uh, the Utah Jazz, it looks like Azubuki and Clarkson are also probable. So we should get the only guy that we know is out is Jingles. Jingle and Joe Jingles. He is out. For Denver, questionable tag on Rivers and Najee. Those two we do not know the outcome of yet. We do know that Kanchar Green, that's Jeff Green, Howard Morris, that's Markeith, or Monty Morris, and Jamal Murray all out. So definitely a couple of different looks here and a couple of different ways we want to uh, build here. Uh, Utah's 11th in pace, Denver 25th. And then we've got defensively, Utah 6th and Denver 19th, both teams on an island game. So interesting, is the pay up the joker? It certainly can be. He has been terrific. Uh, if Gobert sits and Whiteside sits, then, I mean, you, you got to use the joker as your pay up, don't you? I mean, I think it's just a plug and play at that point. So, but if either one plays, it could be enough to, you know, deter Joker a bit. But I do, you know, right now it's between Giannis and Joker for me for the big payup spot. Uh, but I need the news from this game before I determine that. Um, we've got <clears throat> also on, on Denver, Composo's been starting at point at 5'6", which makes him playable, but he's been very volatile. I think he had a 60 burger and then like an 18 or something crazy like that. Um, Will Barton at 5'9", nice play. Aaron Gordon's cheap at 5'3", he's also a nice play. So you do get some bargain basement guys from Denver that you can utilize here uh, in unison with maybe a pay up on the Joker. On the Utah side, you know, with Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and O'Neal in there, if Gobert plays, it's their regular rotation with Clarkson, Gay, and Whiteside off the bench if Whiteside plays. So let's get the news it's regular rotation for Utah, then not as crazy about stacking guys there. You know, Mitchell's expensive at 9-4. Conley, I think, a little overpriced at 6. Bogdanovich, 5-3. O'Neal's been awful at 3-8. And Gobert at 8-6, if he's not right, you don't want to go there. The best thing would be if Gobert sits, Whiteside has full run, and he's only 3-5. But we need that news. Uh, if they're both out, maybe Rudy Gay becomes a, a hot play of the night at 3-4. So we'll be following that very closely. This could be a very key game, specifically on the late slate once we get that news. All right, game 10, the Atlanta Hawks versus the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Sacramento's on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, uh, so that's going to make this game more interesting. This is probably going to be the most popular game, I think, on the slate. Sacramento's only favored by one, and it's a 229.5 total. Big 114.25 for Atlanta, 115.25 for Sacramento. And, you know, when you, I'll throw the stats in there first here just to bring that home. You've got the 19th and 14th pace team, so middle of the road, but defensively, they're terrible. Atlanta's 27, Sacramento 24th. 
And sometimes, you know, neither one of these teams looks like they're interested in defending at all. So super interested in this game for sure. Designations, though, are going to be everything. Atlanta's two top scorers, in my opinion, Trey Young and Cam Reddish, are both questionable. So if one sits and the other one plays, pretty easy decision. If they both play or sit, then you got to really, you know, work at it here because there's going to be some some combinations. Um, other than that, the designations here, <clears throat> we've got um, Malik Ellison is probable, along with Reddish and Young. Uh, those are the only two questionables. The guys that are out, Bogdanovich, Collins, Jeng, Hunter, and Johnson. So they've got some, some key rotational guys out. Sacramento looking better. Uh, you've got a questionable tag uh, on Terrence Davis, and then their big guy, Rashawn Holmes, and their other big guy, uh, Shemezi Metu, both out. So lots of lots of things to like here. Damian Jones has been solid at 4-2. Um, you know, his price hasn't jumped enough. Bagley at times looks great at 4-8. Barnes is all the way down to 5-8. He was in the eights there for quite a while. And then you get decent, I think, very fair pricing on both the Sacramento backcourt players. Fox, who finally blew up last night at 7K, and Halliburton at 7-7. So that whole starting five is very affordable. And then off the bench, Heald at 5-4 and Davion Mitchell at 3-4, both very playable as well. So you've got a lot of great options on the Sacramento side. Once we get the news on Young and Reddish, we can start shuffling the deck here. Trey Young is 10-7, so I would need to see something in writing that he's 100% full go, no restrictions, no issues, ready to roll for me to, to play him. If not, it's a pass. Uh, same thing for Cam Reddish. Really need the news there. He's only 5-6, much easier play. Uh, if he's playing with no rest restrictions after that, you know, Skyler Mays has been getting ownership lately. He's three, eight, a little risky. Kevin Herter at four, six, all of a sudden you've got TLC back in the mix at three, one is worth discussing. Uh, and then a, a lot of options off the bench, Gallinari four, two, right? Five, two, uh, you know, a lot of possibilities there, depending on who's in and who's out. Capella a little pricey at 8-1. He hasn't been getting those monster games that we've seen in the past. Uh, you know, his backup, Okongwu, is, is playing again, and they've rotated guys. But there is uh, some open statistical pieces here with Collins being out, so you can't rule them out completely. So, again, key game on the slate, probably three guys for me coming out of this game, maybe two, uh, but definitely exposure and even more exposure on that late three-game slate. All right, you've got a, a tougher uh, game in this last one as far as DFS-wise goes. It's the last game, the 11th game, Miami and Portland. Portland minus one. It's only a 216.5 total. 107.75 for Miami and 108.75 for Portland. It's an island game for both. Uh, Miami comes in at... 23 and 15, Portland at 14 and 22. Uh, tons of guys out for Miami. Adebayo, Butler, 
Deadman, Garrett, Haslam, Morris, Opala, Oladipo, Robinson, and Vincent. So obviously a key game here, key spot to roster Miami guys that are going to play 35 to 38 minutes because their bench is just decimated. Um, and then as far as designations for Portland, uh, you've got probable for Brandon Williams, doubtful for Larry Nance. I'm counting him as out. And then already out, maybe the backcourt of Lillard and McCullum, maybe you heard of them. Uh, McGriff is out and Zeller is out. So this is a fun game too. I'm going to have a decent amount of, on the full 11 game slate, I'm going to have a lot of exposure to these late uh, three late games. So I will be twiddling my thumbs waiting to move up the, the charts here as the day goes on. Miami's 27th in pace and Portland 18th. So that doesn't help matters. And that's why you got a lower total here. Plus Miami's a seventh best defensive team uh, in the league, but certainly not with all the guys that they have out. You know, it's, it's going to be more like middle of the pack at best. Portland, on the other hand, is 29th in defense. Terrible defenders. So the guys that are playing for Miami, uh, you've got to really highlight them here. And here are the guys that are going to make a lot of my lineups. There's four of them. Kyle Lowry at 7-6. Tyler Hero at 6-9. Caleb Martin at 4-5. And Omer Yurtsevin at 6-5. Those four guys are key. Also, the return of Max Struess at 5-3. He's going to get solid minutes. So really five guys that I'm really high on for the Miami Heat. On the Portland side, Simons, you know, we got him switched in there at the very last second uh, the other day when, when he got, uh, when they uh, weren't starting Shake Milton and they put Simons in. Most of our members got the switch. A few of them didn't. And I'm Felt bad about that, but it you know sometimes in the NBA, NBA uh, very late things happen, and we can only do what we can do. But we jammed him in there. I know one of our members, Mike Guess, who's one of our favorites. Uh, you know he got stung on that yesterday or the day before yesterday, but then Andrew uh, Hanson led him to kick tail uh, on yesterday's slate. So good things come around, that's for sure. So. Simons uh, is a great play. I mean, he did a, a fantastic job the last game. Again, you know, normally I wouldn't feel terrific about him against the Heat, but the Heat key defenders are not playing. So Simons at 5-3 is a fine play, as is Norman Powell at 7K with all these guys out. Somebody's got a score here. Nazir Little, a little more risky, but at 4-6, maybe worth, you know, rolling it out there. And then the big uh, Nurkic, if he's going to get enough minutes, which he's you know had a lot of games where you know you just sit there and think, why is he only playing twenty minutes? But at six eight, you got to give him a look uh, and certainly playable. So these late games have some great possibilities, some good opportunities to build, and uh, so we're excited about it. All right, eleven games. My goal is to stay under an hour. Looks like we're going to make it at about fifty six, fifty six and a half minutes. And so hopefully it gives everybody the opportunity getting it out this morning to take a listen, uh, build that initial lineup through the podcast. That's the formula that's been working for all of our members that are posting. They're 
reserving their their contest the night before or early morning so they get what they want. And then they're listening to the podcast to build that initial lineup. Then they're jumping in Discord with us to tweak it as the news comes out that we're sharing in Discord. And then our lineups post tonight will post at 6.35 Eastern for the 7 p.m. lock if if there's no late second news. We'll get all those lineups in there for you. Again, we're providing a coach's clipboard, which is a highlighted five players and a bunch of other players to pick from. And you also get a cash-slash-hybrid lineup, full lineup, and a GPP full lineup for Yahoo and FanDuel. So almost made it to the end. All right, that is it, my friends. Hope you enjoyed this. I'm all choked up. I'm so excited about it. Congratulations, Dirk, on the retirement tonight. Enjoy the games. And we certainly will be back later this afternoon with the PGA podcast. And I'll be back again tomorrow for NBA DFS as we look to crush it here at DFS Coach Talk.